Can we talk about 2020 for a minute? Between coronavirus and the U.S. elections and BLM, we've had to contend with a lot of changes this year. And for people that are in the world of e-commerce and Facebook advertising, our world is changing too, with Apple giving us the early Christmas gift of iOS 14's ATT, which I am calling Kovayas 14. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. So what's this iOS 14 ATT thing anyway? Well, ATT stands for App Tracking Transparency. And as you can see here from this tweet by Tim Cook, it says, we believe users should have the choice over the data that's being collected about them and how it's used. Facebook can continue to track users across apps and websites as before. App Tracking Transparency in iOS 14 will just require that they ask for your permission first. So what does this matter so much, you ask? Well, as you can see from my agency's data, iOS users represent the majority of audiences that convert to a purchase. So yeah, it matters a whole bunch. So today, by the time you finish watching this video, I want to arm you with the things that are going to change, solutions so that you can stay ahead of the change. I think it's important to keep in mind that this news is continually developing. So I'll keep you updated with future posts about how this thing develops accordingly, as well as how all the different app platforms are coming back and reporting on what their changes are going to be. They're all right now reacting and responding to the changes that ATT is gonna to bring to the table. I guess now's a good time considering I'm talking about future posts. Now's a good time to ask you to like, comment, follow, subscribe, uh, using any of the buttons or links below so that you don't miss out on any updates. Okay, let's move on. Now we're gonna be talking about cookies and pixels and trackers. So I think it's vital for us to lay down some, some foundational concepts before we move on into how things are going to change, and then we can talk about solutions. Yeah, take it away, Ernie. It's going to be a bumpy ride. All right, let's go back to school with some basics. Let's talk about web basics to begin with. Uh, some concepts they want to talk about, the client, client side, which effect, effectively is the browser side, and then also the web server, which is the server side. So every time we talk about client side, it happens within the browser, Anything we talk about on the server side is pretty much on the server end of things naturally, right? So on the client side, that's where all the cookies get loaded, all those different scripts that happens within the browser. And then on the server side, you have all the HTTP protocols, requests, et cetera. You put those two things together when they start talking and that's where you get the web experience. Like for dsdresses.com, for example, you have the browser pulling all the information from the server and the server feeding it back into the browser, the client side. Now, while we're on this topic, I think it's also important to disambiguate about cookies between first-party and third-party cookies. So first-party cookies are essentially created, owned by the first party. So in other words, the site owner. If you're on Shopify, then you will have a whole bunch of first-party cookies injected by Shopify. And then any third-party cookies are effectively on what you can see here, analytics, Facebook, of course, Instagram sits under Facebook. You've got your Snapchat, your Pinterest, et cetera. Um, and then you've got your Google and your YouTube, keeping in mind that Google owns YouTube. And that's how the difference is between first party and third party. Now, if you want to learn more about cookies, you can go on to uh, Shopify's cookie policy and you can learn more about the different types of cookies that they have, both first party as well as third party. All right, now that we have those concepts out of the way, Hopefully you understand them. If not, go back and rewatch them again. We've got client side, got server side, we've got some cookies, first party and third party. Let's talk about 
the current world order. How are things as they currently are? So then once we explain that, we can then move on to how things are going to change. So let's use the experience of Sally. Sally's on her mobile phone and she's on the Facebook app scrolling away and she sees an ad on Facebook from dstresses.com. Now, that ad points to dstresses.com. So what's going to happen there is Facebook's going to say, hey, Sa I'm sending Sally over to you, website. Website goes, thanks, Facey. I'll take it from here. Now, at this point, when Sally taps on her phone, she's going to get taken to the website off of Facebook onto the website now. And Facebook is going to parse through a bunch of data. So as you can see there at the bottom, dstresses.com slash deal. So you got some UTM parameters and you have the Facebook account ID and the Facebook click ID, some random string of numbers and letters and stuff like that information. So now just file away that concept of the UTM parameters and the Facebook um, information for now. And now let's look at what happens with between the browser as well as the server side. So on the browser side, it's gonna tell the server, someone's here, quick, send me the stuff. And really quickly, on the server side, it's gonna send some stuff back, predominantly HTML, CSS, and some JavaScript. Now the JavaScript, that's where all of them cookies get loaded. The trackers, the pixels, et cetera, the tags, so forth. And these tags and trackers are listening and capturing data. And that data can be fed from the UTM source, the UTM campaign, the Facebook information that gets parsed through. And then the server, also is listening and capturing data just in a different kind of way, right? And this is the default oversimplified setup, by the way. So by this point, Sally takes a few actions. She adds something to the cart, but she doesn't purchase. Now, what's gonna happen is the trackers are gonna say, hey, let's send this add to cart data back home, back home to Facebook. So it's gonna take all those parameters and send it back. Now, what's going to be able to happen there is Facebook's going to match the actions that Sally took with Sally because of all that information, the URL parameters, and then be able to retarget Sally with ads after that. So that essentially is how that infrastructure works and how that experience works in a very oversimplified manner. And keep in mind at this point, uh, I think it's important to note that on the server side, they're not really part of this conversation uh, based on this setup, okay? So now let's take this, simplify it even more. We can take that and then we shrink it down into, let's call this one web transaction, right? And well, one web interaction rather. And now let's multiply that by multiple different places that Sally has visited. And let's zoom out even further to a whole bunch of places that Sally's visited and multiply that by the billions of users that Facebook has. Now that's how you get a whole bunch of cross-domain tracking from the Facebook pixel, knowing a lot about its users and their behaviors. There's a load of data and signals there and it's great for the ad algorithm because of all this mapping. Now that's where all those media buyers that you know of and you see on forums are able to say, just go broad, bro. You just go broad and the algorithm just does it for you. That's the current world order. Now let's talk about the potential Kovayas 14 world order where things are going to change. And let's bring back this tweet from Tim Cook again. Now let's take Sally. 
And she sees that prompt in this ATT world, this app tracking transparency world. Let's say that's activated. She goes on to Facebook and she sees the prompt and she goes, you know what? Screw these creeps. I'm going to ask the app not to track me. Now, remember this thing that we talked about before. Now, here's how the flow is going to work. When Sally taps on the app, the ad passes it through to the website. UTM parameters pass through the website. No problem. This stuff between the client side and the server side, no problem there. That's your own damn business. No problem there at all. The data is still going to be able to get captured. Now, the final part here of parsing the data back through to Facebook, that's where we're going to have an issue. Because if there is going to be a Facebook account ID of 1234, for example, and the click ID, there might also then be an opt-out marker in there to say, this user, Sally, has opted out from being tracked. So even though you capture all that data and you're trying to send it back to me, I can't accept the data. And that really is where the issue lies. Sally opted out for tracking. I'm not allowed to match her. I'm sorry, buddy. So keep in mind also that as much as I'm talking about Facebook, this will, this will apply to any of the apps that want to be compliant on Apple's App Store when the ATT drops. You can go to this, um, just Google user privacy and data use Apple, and you can see this website right here, and they'll explain the whole darn thing. In fact, uh, there are a whole bunch of people right now that I'm seeing on, on forums that are asking questions around like, wait, but I'm sure Facebook will be able to have the solutions to possibly um, feature gate people that have opted out. Well, Apple's already thought about that stuff. Let's go through some of their FAQs. Can I gate functionality on agreeing to allow tracking or incentivize users to agree to allow tracking in the app tracking transparency prompt? Nope, can't do that. If I have not received permission from a user via the tracking permission prompt, can I use an identifier other than an IDFA identifier for advertisers? For example, a hashed email address or hashed phone number to track that user? Nope, can't do that either. Can I fingerprint or use signals from the device to try and identify the device or the user? Nope, can't do that either. And this one here, if a user provides permission for tracking via a separate process on our website, but declines permission in the app tracking transparency prompt, can I track that user across apps and websites owned by other companies? Well, developers must get permission via the app tracking transparency prompt for data collected in the app and used for tracking. Now, data that's collected separately outside of the app and not related to the app, not within scope. So what does this all mean? What is the potential impact of Kovios 14 for Facebook advertising? Well, let's go back here again. The first thing, of course, as you can see, parsing the data back to Facebook is going to have some trouble there. So naturally, we're going to have a smaller audience pool for retargeting. Now, naturally, with iOS 14, with any update, really, it's not going to be a, an immediate cliff where everyone updates across the board. There's going to be an adoption curve. So what's going to start happening is as more people update to iOS 14 with the ATT and as more people opt out, you're going to have these patchy spots where data isn't coming through the way that it used to or the way that it currently is in the current world order. And that's where domain tracking, cross-domain tracking is going to have some problem there, right? Data and signals going to go down. Ad algorithm, going to get a lot more confused compared to before. 
not so much powerful bra targeting bra anymore. And reporting and attribution is also going to get impacted as well. Now, what is Facebook's response to this? Well, the week before Christmas or a week or two before Christmas, uh, Facebook dropped these articles in here. One, preparing our partners for iOS 14 mobile web advertising. And then in their business help center, how Apple's iOS 14 release may affect your ads. I'm going to add the links to the description below so you can click on that and read it for yourself. But let me pull out some main impact points for you while I have you here. First one, event management. How is that going to get affected? Well, aggregated event management is going to be a thing, right? Facebook will introduce aggregated event management to support the measurement of web events from iOS 14 users. Statistical modeling will be used for certain attribution windows and or metrics to account for less data availability from iOS 14. Remember, I showed you that patchy data. That's what we're talking about here. And that's Facebook response. So statistical modeling is going to happen. Next, let's talk about event limits. Now, we're going to be limited to the use of eight conversion events per domain. And that's going to be ranked based on priority. So there's going to be a real shift here that's happening. And we'll talk about the solution side on what you can do to be able to mitigate and respond to these changes ahead of time, or at least start planning for them now. Let's move on. Dynamic ads are no specific changes, but you're going to see performance and audience sizes decrease. Really expect that to happen because, again, of that patchiness as iOS 14 users, uh, when they see the ATT prompt, start to opt out. Keep in mind also, we do not know is a really big question mark uh, on the tip of everyone's tongue, which is what percentage is going to opt out? We don't know yet, right? 10%, 25%, 50%, hard to say at this point. So let's talk about measurement. In the ad reporting side, first of all, 28-day click-through, 28-day view-through, seven-day view-through, uh, attribution windows, windows will not be supported, and certain attribution windows will have partial reporting again, because of the whole ATT situation. Also, offsite conversion events will be reported based on the time the conversions occur and not the time of ad impressions. I'll get into that a bit later. Let's move on to the next thing. This one over here, delayed reporting, real-time reporting will not be supported and data may be delayed for up to three days. I'll also get into that a bit deeper a, a bit later. I'll point you to a resource where you can find out more from the Apple side of things why that's the case and no support for breakdowns. So besides in the middle, you can see their estimated results, no support for breakdowns at the very bottom, age, gender, region, and placement will not be supported when this thing rolls out. So remember I told you, I'm gonna jump into the Apple side a bit more around the delayed reporting side. Well, this is it here. Uh, this is a post from WebKit, which is of course part of Safari. And uh, in this article, you can see in here, let me just zoom it in a little bit more. Once the browser has matched a conversion against a stored ad click, it sets a timer randomized between 24 and 48 hours. By the way, keep in mind, WebKit, Safari, predominantly desktop. This is just a proxy from uh, that article, but I'm pretty sure that that's going to be rolled into this whole iOS uh, side as well. Don't quote me on that. I'm just pulling as much information as I can and presenting it to you. Now, let's, let's fast forward back to what you see on the screen. In plain English, this report would say 24 to 48 hours ago, some user who previously clicked on shop.examples ad campaign 55 on search.example converted with data 20 on shop.example. Some user. So that whole user matching personalization piece that is going to get impacted. All right, 
So we've talked about the current world order. We talked about the Kovayas world order or the potential, what that might look like. We understand that. Let's talk about solutions. What can I do right now? Well, on remember I showed you the Facebook articles? Well, here's what they're recommending. Um, verify your domain via business manager. Implement Facebook's conversions API directly in Shopify or via Google Tag Manager. Google Tag Manager pathway is uh, a bit more challenging, a bit more technical, technically challenging. So keep that in mind. Uh, assess your attribution window. Understand how much of you, how many or how much of your conversions fall outside of the seven-day click window, right? The, the click window that is going to be the default on Facebook. And assess which eight conversion events are the most meaningful for your business objectives. Now, got to give a shout out to my boy, Andrew Foxwell, for releasing this blog article that explains a lot of that stuff. I'm going to add that link to this article in the description as well. Now, next thing. I think it's very prudent for all of us to plan and prep for strategies that have a lesser reliance on dynamic ad retargeting, real-time reporting, longer than seven-day windows. And for example, you start looking at list building strategies that focus on your back-end marketing, like email, messenger, SMS, um, influencer marketing, start looking in there, and building community. This stuff, I swear to God, even before this whole um, kerfuffle can't believe I just used kerfuffle. Uh, even though this whole kerfuffle kicked off, it works. Being able to build a community, start harvesting, building a list, and dropping product and using the backend marketing, it just straight up works, as you can see here. Bit of a humble brag, but hey, I just also wanted to show you that these things are possible. These strategies do work. It just depends on how you can start shifting towards these strategies if you're not deploying them already. Now, if you're working with an agency or a consultant, I think this is really prudent. Talk to your agency or your consultant to better understand the situation for yourself. I think it's important for you to arm yourself with this information so you can make informed decisions. It is your business after all. And make sure that your agency or consultant, they are staying ahead of the solutions. Uh, if, the, if you need to, redirect them, like direct them to this video and help have them watch it, and then you can get them to do some homework. Um, Discuss potential strategies as well, like talk about how things may shift so that you can mitigate yourself from any risk if it does go in a direction that uh, everything is reporting that it's going to go. Again, rapidly evolving. We, we want to keep our ears close to the ground, our eyes wide open and plan for these things accordingly. Now, if you have a Facebook, a Google, a Pinterest, whatever rep, if you have a rep, ask them to keep you tightly appraised of updates and use them as a resource to better understand the situation for yourself and discuss their company's proposed solutions. So um, let me actually show you an example. I can talk about that later, but we are talking with our reps very tightly right now so that they can keep us up to date as they learn more. Because again, everyone is reacting um, as quickly as they can to try to come up with solutions. Very seismic changes after all. So now the following question, I guess, really is what can I do longer term? Well, longer term, first thing, I think it's important to understand that in the future, third-party cookies are going to be obsolete. They're going to be a thing of the past, right? As you can see there, Google Chrome is going to phase out third-party cookies by 2022. This whole web privacy thing is very real and it's coming. So let's make sure that we stay ahead of that game. Start learning about server-side tagging and determine if it's meaningful to add to your stack, right? 
as much as all this parsing back is going to be an issue, I think it's important for all of us now as marketers, as brand owners, especially direct to consumer e-commerce to understand what that the server side tagging and tracking side of things, how that how those benefits might be able to um, be yielded by us and whether there are benefits in the first place. Right. Start learning more about that. I'm definitely spending a lot more time uh, in that world and understanding it a lot more to the nth degree as much as I can. I'm pulling a bit on my previous life as a okay developer. Now, um, next thing, I think it's important to share this as well. So this is Marion from our team. Uh, just going to read this out to you. It's a Slack message that she sent me on Christmas Eve. Uh, here's the answer from our rep at Google, although this is not very helpful. For now, this is what we got back. Uh, Apple's iOS 14 release deprecates the limit ad tracking, uh, the LAT setting. Our interim solution for server-to-server -server API advertisers require adherence to the API requirements. In particular, sending all conversions, uh, even if LAT is set. OS version will be sent with each conversion, and the LAT parameter in the conversions API is read directly from the device setting and not modified. So he also gave us a list of things to do, kind of like what we're doing right now on the Facebook side uh, to make sure that we're all good. And But that's more on the app campaign side of things. But we, this is the type of dialogue that we are entering into at very high frequency with all of our reps. Super, super important. And then over there, you can see it. Google Tag Manager, just, just search for Google Tag Manager server-side tagging, and you're going to be able to learn more around the product that they dropped. It's currently in public beta since August of this year, if I'm not wrong, uh, where you can actually just pay to own your own server that you own via Google, uh, that you can then have a server container, server-side container, and any tracking that happens via your pixels can fire off tags that get sent into that server container. So then you own it, no one else does. And whatever you do with that after the fact is completely up to you, but at least you own that. So that's what I was talking about before on the S2S side of things.